0: deadline for applications is the 22nd of May. After that then there's a 25 calendar day period where people can continue to apply but they incur a a slight penalty reduction for their first year's payment but the absolute deadline is the 16th of June. There'll be no applications accepted after that fact.
1: Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode I'm joined by Peter Hart from the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine to discuss the new Suckler Carbon Efficiency Programme. Peter, you're very welcome. The Beef Data Genomics Programme came to an end in December, and the new programme, the Suckler Carbon Efficiency Programme, was launched earlier this week. What does the new programme entail?
0: Yes, Skepsol, it launched this week, and it, it, it looks to continue on the positives that were built by or delivered by BDGP. But at the same time, it introduces some, some new actions, or at least new to, to the genomics side of it, that we hope will help to deliver on programme goals. Um, A lot of the actions in the programme will be very, very familiar to anybody who participated in BDGP or indeed in BPS over the last couple of years. We're both very popular schemes, you know, so so essentially that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to build on progress that has been made over the last number of years.
1: And what eligibility requirement does the farmer have to fulfil in order to participate?
0: Well, on a basic level, they need to be a herd owner first and foremost. So they have to be over 18 years of age and they have to be farming a holding with that has a BIS application submitted for each year of the program. And that's an eligibility criteria that you have to have a BIS application in. On top of that, they need to produce a minimum of 50% of their annual reference figure of eligible calves each year. And that's new over what was in BDGP. In BDGP, technically you didn't need to calve down anything, but here it's, it's a breeding scheme, it's a genomic scheme, you need to be producing calves. Um, so 50% of your annual reference figure needs to be produced every year. And then I suppose the contentious bit is that you need to be a continuous member of s That's the, the sustainable beef and lamb quality assurance scheme. So you need to be quality assured with Um And there's been a lot of, I suppose, resistance and feedback to that particular element. But again, that's an eligibility criteria and it's going to be there for the duration of the scheme.
1: And for farmers that are currently not quality assured, how do they go about applying and how long have they to get quality assured?
0: They have to be a fully approved member of SBLAS by the 16th of October, 2023, and then to maintain that membership for the duration of the program. It's a five-year program, and they need to make sure that they don't let that lapse for any period of time over those five years. We originally had insisted that you had to be SBLAS approved before you applied, but due to the the number of people we saw that had to apply and and the kind of the backlog that was likely to be, we've pushed that back now to the absolute latest, which is the 16th of October. So the application needs to be in and accepted, and you have to have the audit carried out out before the 16th of October. It's not enough to get in touch with Borbea on the 15th and think that it's going to be okay. It's not. On the 16th, we'll be contacting, we'll be con- contacting Borbea for a list of all the people who have signed up and who have been accepted into s and that'll be the basis then. And anybody who hasn't at that stage won't be allowed to continue in the programme. Um, Borbea have a help desk uh, the number is 0410, um, and they'll be able to they'll send you out a pack and they'll be able to guide you through the process it isn't that onerous um, we also were starting um, a, a range of information meetings over the next few weeks on the far side of Easter and Borbea will be participating in that they will have a they will be doing presentations at it but they'll also have staff on hand to take applications on the night from anybody who's interested and who needs to sign up to it
1: that's a great help, Peter. You mentioned there the reference number. How is the reference number of cows calculated for the programme? Yeah, so
0: so again, again we, we, we base payments on historical production, if you like, on a holding as much as we can. So it needs to be representative of what the output on the holding because ultimately we can't pay people to expand, if you like, that we can only hold it on the basis of what they've historically produced. For BDGP, the reference, reference year was 2014. That caused issues for a number of people because they may have had a problem with TB, they may have had it destocked for one reason or another. So here what we've done is in order to kind of, to, to, to level out any peaks or troughs there might be, what we're doing is we're looking at what was produced on the holdings between 2016 and 2021. So those six years, and we take the best three years, and that is that the number of suckler cows that calved on the holding within, within that period and we get an average of those three years to produce a reference figure. So with that, we hope to be even more representative than what was there before. And if somebody had a really good year they might, they, might, they might get a reference figure that's slightly low. But similarly, if somebody had one or two years where they didn't produce as much as they would plan to produce, by going with the three years, it should be more representative of what they're doing, okay? <clears throat> so the three years, and it's, it's, it's the number of eligible cows that produce eligible calves, so sucker cows, really. And then far, participants, when they're signing up, they can declare up to that number as their programme reference. So, for instance, somebody might have a reference figure that's been, been 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 given to them of maybe 25, but when they look at the targets that are required required over the years, or maybe they have a plan on the holding, or maybe they've got some 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 uh, some rented land that they're going to lose access to, or whatever it might be they can actually reduce that figure downwards. So they might set it at 20 for the program. And then each year there is also the ability that you can log in in January and actually tweak it up or down. Because again, it was one of the criticisms of BDGP that when people signed up to it, they were set a set of, 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 of they were set a reference figure and targets that were based on that reference figure for the following six years. And five years into the program, they found that 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 they couldn't meet them or, or could only meet them with difficulty. So we've we've brought in flexibility that allows participants to drop that reference figure year on year and bring it back up to where they wanted to be to reflect the reality of the of, of the farming on their holding at that time.
1: And can an individual change system within the five years, Peter, without a clawback? Then,
0: well, they can if provided they meet the scheme requirements. So, so obviously we're going to go on and we'll we'll, we'll talk about the various um, the various actions that have to be carried out under the scheme. But all those actions, for the most part, they hang off the targets that are set against the reference figure. Whether it's calving down fifty percent, whether it's whether it's uh, the genotyping amount, whether it's what they have to have in terms of sires and four or five star sires and replacement dams. All those targets are calculated from the annual reference figure that the farmer sets. So if you've got somebody with, say, for instance, who is starting the process of moving into dairy, um, that wasn't, under BDGP, that wasn't something that was really compatible with it. You couldn't you you know, you couldn't meet scheme requirements and continue into daring without difficulty. But here, what we have is you have the ability where they can reduce down their reference number. So reducing all the targets that they hit, which allows them to, and it might necessarily be daring that just because that's been a, proper, a popular transition over the last couple of years, but it could be somebody who maybe is of an age where they're starting to dial back on the amount of farming that they're doing and they're, they're, they're maybe going into pure dry stock that they don't want to be in the business of calving anymore they can still meet their program targets, albeit that their payment will reduce but their targets will reduce to match whatever ref- ref- reference figure they've set for the year. So we're hoping that this, this flexibility will allow people freedom to farm in the way that they want to. So we're not restricting them purely to the numbers that they set in year one, that there's a little bit of wriggle room there, there's flexibility there, that they can move from one farming system to another, whether it's towards making life easier on themselves and, and, and moving out of, this, of the, the calving of cattle, or whether it's moving into a different system altogether, or maybe even if they're expanding into another area, like if they're going into dairying or whatever else, because ultimately the SCEP is a, is a five-year commitment. So people who are signing up in year one need to be mindful of that and they need to plan in advance and be careful when they're signing up to it that they're actually going to be able to meet the criteria. But as I said, we're, we're, we're very confident that the, the flexibility with regards to the reference figures and the reference years is going to be a big help for people who you know, may have plans they might see through, they mightn't see through, whatever it is, but at least it gives them, the, gives them more options going forward.
1: Peter, there are a number of actions that farmers have to complete. What are they?
0: Okay, well, apart from the eligibility criteria that, that I mentioned earlier, um, there's also then, there, there's, there's, there's key actions that are in relation to replacement sires, replacement dams, genotyping, and then weighing of the calf-cow pairs, which would be something we hadn't beat for the last number of years, but it's coming in here. And similarly then, there's also the submissions of surveys and data, and that would have been, um, that would have been something that was, a, that was a feature of BDGP
1: as well. And can you talk to the replacement strategy for the sire and the dam and what requirements are needed that way for the scheme?
0: Yeah, so so in each scheme year, applicants have to calve down at least 50%. We've, we've already discussed that. And then in years one and two, in scheme years one and two, 80% of the calves that are produced, they have to have been sired from a four or five star source. In other words, a four or five star genotype bull are four or five star straws that are, were gen, or were four or five star rated when they were served. Um, so, so again, this was an issue under BDGP, where in 2019, you had to have a four or five star bull on your holding on the, the 30th of June. Or if you used AI, um, 80% of the straws had to come from a four or five star source. But it was the people who actually did a mixture of both that there was issues because they didn't realize they had to actually tick both boxes. So all we're doing here is we don't really mind whether you use a stock bull, whether you use AI or whatever mixture, both of those, as long as 80% of the calves come, off, come, come from that kind of a source. Um, so it's, 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 again, it's a little bit more flexibility. It's a little bit more clarity, I suppose. Um, but the target is, is 80% in the first two years, but there's a derogation in year one from that. Because we have we have animals that are currently been born, if you like, in the scheme year where where farmers weren't aware of the requirement when they were serving cattle or whatever else it might be. Um, but the target increases then in years three and four to eighty-five percent. And in year five, it's ninety percent. So it's they're quite high targets. They would be there'll be farmers who will find that a, a challenge because it's, it's, it's over and above what was in BDGP, but it needed to be. We needed to have a little bit more ambition in this scheme in order to get it over the line with the commission. Um, but I think for the vast majority of people who are in BDGP and, and, and farmers who have, shall we say, bought into the, the idea of genomics and the star ratings, et cetera, they're probably going to have no difficulty in hitting these figures because they would have been doing it anyway. Um, and then for the dams replacement they're required to ensure that by the 31st of October 2023, at least 50% of their yearly reference number are eligible females that are genotyped at four or five stars. This increases to 65% on the 31st of October 2025 and then 75% on the 31st of October 2027. So again, we had in, in, in BDGP in 2020 on the 31st of October, they needed to have 50% of their, of their number. So again, these, these, these targets are increasing and they're going higher um, and again, it'll be a challenge, but, but similarly with the, with, the, with the sires, I think somebody who's been involved in BDGP or somebody who's bought into the dynamic side of it, they're going to be doing this anyway. And this is, this is basically going to copper fasten decisions that they've already made.
1: And for farmers that are used to weighing stock, as you mentioned earlier previously for BPS, in relation to the weight recording action, what must the farmer do to comply?
0: Yeah, so, so participants have to weigh at least 80% of the eligible calves that are born in the holding. So it's 80% of the reference number in each year and the, and the dams and submit the weights to ICBF as they did with BPES. So it'll be the same systems that will be there. There'll still be scales available through ICOS, etc. for rental. They can use their own scales. They can borrow a set of scales from a neighbor or they can bring somebody in who might be offering a weighing service and they can do it for them. And in the same way that there was there was various forms of, of, of uh, uploading the data to ICBF where they used, it was MyBeep, I think at the time, I think it's now MyWeighing.ie. Um, but they could also... ICBF would would produce paper forms if you wanted them to, and um, all of that remains the same. And 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 BPES was quite popular, an awful lot of people participated in it and had no issue in, in getting those weights in, and we know that there's a huge amount of farmers have gone out and purchased their own scales, and I know that there, there's 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 grants available through TAMS for that, and uh, it's it's it should be straightforward enough. We had we had whatever it was we 26,000 farmers participated in BPS. Last year. So I think that element of of SCAP pilots new to the genomic side, I think the vast majority of participants will be well versed in exactly what's required.
1: That's great, Peter. And for the data recording action, is it similar to previous surveys farmers completed, or is there additional information that they'd be needing?
0: It's broadly the same. Um, they've, 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 we've, we've kind of changed, if you like, some of the data that we're looking for, but the process is the same. They'll still have their, 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 their calf book that will come out from from ICBF, and then we're looking for details like the calf sire, calving ease, um, the birth size, and calf vigour, calf quality the calf docility, the dam docility, the dam milking ability, the dam's mothering ability, and then dam's feet and legs, the dam's teeth score and dam's score. So some of those are slightly changed um, purely because we've, we've moved on in some areas and, and ICBF were anxious to gather in some new data. But in terms then of, of uploading that data, et cetera, all of that is the same as what it was more or less. It still goes up to ICBF um, and we still go ahead and pay on that basis. So it's, it's useful information for ourselves and it's useful information for my CBF um, and, a, and a lot of that and the requirements that will be there will be covered in the training that will, be, that will come as part of the scheme.
1: And finally in relation to the genotype in action what do farmers need to do to satisfy this section?
0: So applicants will be required to take a tissue tag sample from animals selected for genotyping. So much like with BDGP, farmers will be sent out a list of targets for genotyping. They'll have they'll have a few weeks where they can amend that if they want to, that they can change it and interact or liaise with ICBF to change it. But the number of animals to be genotyped each year will be at least equivalent to 70% of their yearly reference number. So that's the target. Um, the existing tag suppliers will be retained, as we had under BDGP. If somebody doesn't have an existing tag supplier, somebody's somebody is new to it, They'll need to contact ICBF and to actually nominate a tag supplier so the tags will be sent out. And in the same way with BDGP, participants are, are liable for the cost of genotyping, albeit that we pay it up front for them to ICBF and then we recoup it from their payments at the end of the year. So, so the farmer doesn't really have to pay out anything. It's, it's recouped from their payment at the end of the year, but we pay for it as it goes through the year, as, as, as the tags are sent out and the genotyping takes place.
1: And what is the rate of payment for the scheme, Peter?
0: As with PDGP, it's a decouple scheme, so while people are always anxious to, to find out how much they're getting paid by, by an animal, it's actually, we, we pay on land, really. And, and so while the, the reference figure is determined from suckler cows that have that, that calved in, in 2016 to 2021, we ultimately make payments on the lands that are cleared on, on BIS. So provided all requirements in the program are met, and that that's the genotyping, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, a payment is made of €225 euro for the first 15 hectares and €180 euro for the remaining hectares up to the maximum payable area. Um, so for an example, if, if somebody had, we'll say 20 suckler cows as the reference number, um, we would divide that reference number by 1.5, which gives us our maximum payable area. And in that instance, it would be 13.3 hectares. So they need to declare a minimum of that. So they need to declare a minimum of 13.3 hectares on their BIS application of eligible forage area. And then they'll be paid 225 euro per hectare on that thirteen. Uh, 13.3, up to, and if if it was 15, they'd be paid 225 and 15. If it was 20, they'd be paid 225 and 15. And then they'd be paid 180 in the remaining five. So the average payment or the payment in that instance for somebody with a reference of 20 would be around just short of 3,000 euro um so you're looking it's it's a significant increase over what they were paid under bdgp that being said there's more measures that are there specifically the weighing measure where 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 a farmer has to be compensated for his the ink for gone and the the cost incurred of getting a set of scales in and weighing the animals in the year um but it's 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 a significant enough payment and attractive enough payment in its own right
1: most definitely and you mentioned earlier if a farmer fails to meet any of those actions that you've outlined are there penalties involved
0: there are well like there's there's we kind of, there, there's more weight, if you like, placed on the genomics and the SIRES part of it than there are, we'll say, to the data recording and the weighing. So they have a different penalty structure. But the, the one of the downfalls there was, not even necessarily a downfall, one of the shortcomings there was with BDGP was that we didn't accurately define, if you like, what would happen when certain actions didn't take place or if there was repeated or, 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 or continuous failure to meet certain actions. And, and we've kind of dealt with that in the terms and conditions here. Um, but, but if somebody doesn't carry out an action, they obviously can't be paid for that action. If they continue not to meet that action, they won't be paid and they'll possibly see an increase in the penalty. But if, if there are a number of actions there, like the genomics, etc., if they don't carry them out um, and they're found or they're deemed to be non-compliant or non-participants in the scheme, they will be removed. So it's, it's, it's a five-year per- commitment and participants need to be mindful of that when they sign up. We have penalties there if they don't carry out those actions and, and they'll have to be applied if they don't.
1: How do farmers go about applying for the programme, Peter, and what is the closing date?
0: yeah so so the deadline for applications is the 22nd of may um after that then there's a 25 calendar day period where people can continue to apply but they incur a, a slight penalty reduction for their first year's payment but the absolute deadline is the 16th of june there'll be no applications accepted after that fact um, applications can only be submitted online via ag food either by the farmer themselves or by a false advisor authorized to act on their behalf it's a very straightforward and quick process um the, there's only about three pages involved where essentially you, you you declare your scheme reference, you declare your annual reference for the first year, and then you exceed, if you like, or you agree to the terms and conditions of the scheme and you agree to the GDPR provisions that are there, and that's it. And just so you hit, make sure to hit the submit button to make sure that it's in. Um, it's 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 very, very straightforward. It shouldn't take more than five minutes. Um, but I would say to people to read the terms and conditions first and to get themselves up to speed on exactly what's required of the scheme. And and in some cases, I think schemes like this, there's always a fair bit of noise that comes around, whether like with BDGP, if it was over the star ratings. I think there's probably going to be a lot of resistance to skep on the on the, the BORBIA piece and the requirement that's there. But i'd encourage farmers to make up their own mind to go in and have a look at the payment rates to have a look at the actions that are there to have a look and maybe consider what benefits there might be from this scheme going forward on their holding and to make the decision for themselves on their holding rather than maybe be beholding to other people who who may have may have uh, opinions based on other on other facts or other ideas
1: and there are a number of information meetings arranged that you mentioned earlier for farmers to get more information and Alan- include the link in the podcast text for the upcoming events. That's
0: right. We have we have on Thursday the 23rd, we're in Tume in the Ardry Hotel and there'll be department staff there. We'll, be, we'll, we'll go through the terms and conditions. We'll go through the application screens. We'll also have staff there from ICBF that will go through the various star ratings and what it means for farmers. And we'll have we'll have staff there from Borbia, who again, will go through the ins and outs of the S-Blas. Um, there'll also be department staff there who will manage your application for you if you want. And similarly, there'll be people there from s who will from Borbea, who will be able to uh, sort out your application as well for that side of it. So the the, the, the first one there, or the, the, the next one is in Toome in the Audrey Hotel on Thursday the 23rd. Then we're in Enniston Tracey's West County Hotel on March 28th. We're in the New Park Hotel in Kilkenny on March 29th. The Landmark Hotel in Carrigan Shannon on March 30th. Then we take a break for Easter and we're back on April the 18th in the West Lodge in Bantry. On April 20th, we're in Tralee in the Bandon Hotel. On May the 2nd, we're in Letterkenny, the Mount Errigal, and then we finish up on May the 3rd in the Great National Hotel in Ballina.
1: That's great, Peter. Thanks very much. And hopefully farmers will be able to attend one of those information evenings. That's great. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Peter for joining me on the show. Chagas are hosting a series of breeding walks across the country over the coming month. Check out the Chagas website for further details. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie. Or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef Programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.